0: Chapter 16. Jake. I woke up. It was dark. I was all hot on the side near the fire, and cold on the other side. I heard the gurgling of the stream. I'd been dreaming of home. In my dream, I was eating dinosaur-shaped cereal at the breakfast table with my parents. I didn't want to think about my parents. What they would be going through, worrying about me, just made me sick to my stomach. "'Have you seen anything?' "'Ah!' Cassie yelped. Then, "'Good grief! You scared me!' Marco moaned in his sleep. I rubbed my eyes. I could not believe I had actually fallen asleep, but obviously I had. Ax, how are you doing?' "'I am well. My time sense has returned fully. It takes a while to calibrate for the rotation of a planet.' This planet rotates differently than it does in our own time. How long was I asleep? Approximately one of the current hours and 52 minutes. He came close and tossed another piece of wood on the fire. I stretched out my foot and poked Marco. He moaned again. Then he sat up. Ow! Oh, so it wasn't a dream. Too bad. Cassie, you and Axe can... I stopped. I had looked up at the sky. What is that? It's a comet, Cassie said. Isn't it absolutely beautiful? Yeah, looks awfully close. I gazed up at the sweep of the bright dust trailing from the brilliant head. It is. In the last three hours, it has grown noticeably larger. I glanced over at X. He was outlined against the stars, a dark shadow with stock eyes turning restlessly. It's not going to hit us or anything, is it? I laughed when I said it. I don't think so. First of all, the odds against any particular comet hitting a particular planet are very large. Millions to one at the very least. Especially since Earth is not large enough to exert much of a gravitational pull. Besides, the comet is now so close and moving so quickly, I have been able to keep track of a rough trajectory. It will be very close. No more than one or two diameters of Earth, perhaps. But I believe it will miss. Well, that's a relief, Marco said. I wouldn't want to be killed by a comet and cheat the dinosaurs out of eating me. You two get some sleep, I said to Axe and Cassie. Marco and I will take over, but actually, first I have to, um, I have to take a little walk. I left the cozy glow of the fire and headed into the darkness. Twenty feet, and the fire already seemed like part of some different world. It was so dark. I looked back, and it was as if the fire and the comet were both floating in the same empty space. I did what I had to do. Then, I saw it. A flash. A sudden flash of light, low on the horizon, to the north. Was it a meteorite? A falling star? No. There it was again. Faint. A tiny stab of red light. Again. Again. I hurried back to the others. Look to the north, do you guys. A flash like the sun exploding, high overhead. The flash lit up the entire landscape for just an instant. But in that instant, I saw them. A herd of vast creatures. They stood on four tree-trunk legs. They had tremendously long necks and tails that were just as long. It was impossible to know their actual size, but they had to stand at least four or five times my own height, and from head to tail they had to be forty feet. I'd seen at least ten of them moving toward us along the line of the stream. And in that same flash of light, the huge dinosaurs had seen something too. Coming up behind them, On their trail, like a monster in the night. A tyrannosaurus. The big dinosaurs bolted, breaking into a panicked run. Straight for our camp. What was that flash? Cassie cried as I ran for the fire. Everybody run! I yelled. It's a stampede! Stampede? What is this, a cowboy movie? Marco demanded incredulously. Move! It was like the worst thunderstorm in history. Creatures five times the size of elephants were stampeding. Every step of those big feet was like a pile driver. Get across the stream! I yelled. Where is it? What stream? Just follow me! I ran. Making sure Cassie and Marco were keeping up. Axe I didn't have to worry about. He was far faster than any of us. The thunder grew louder. All around us. I saw a vast bulk beside me, locking out the stars. The panic herd was all around us. My knees turned to jelly. I tripped. I hit hard. The wind was knocked out of me. A massive taloned foot landed inches from my head. I rolled. I slammed into a tree trunk. No, the leg of a long-necked dinosaur. The terrified animal cried as the Tyrannosaurus bent low. I saw teeth glittering in moonlight. I saw a glowing yellow eye. I heard the chomp of the Tyrannosaurus's jaw as they clamped down. I was beneath the long-necked dinosaur as it fought. If I had stood up and stretched, I would have just reached its belly. Tree-trunk legs pounded around me in a frenzy. And all the while, the two animals roared and screamed and bellowed in terror and rage. I covered my ears and screamed. A battle of giants right above me. I couldn't see anything but darkness blotting out stars, and the faintest outline of a creature the size of a whale. I was a cockroach being hunted with sledgehammers. The ground jumped and slammed into me with each impact. I couldn't even see the legs scuffling and pounding. At any second, one of them would crush me. I curled up in a ball and tucked my head down and shook. What morph did I have to fight these titans? Nothing. This wasn't my world. I was nothing in this world. All my powerful morphs were nothing in this world. A final cry of the big dinosaur ended in a gasp and a collapsing rattle. The Tyrannosaurus had won. The long-necked dinosaur was done for. Nothing left but for him to fall. Nothing left but for him to drop down onto me. Chapter 17 Rachel They were all around me. All around me. Maybe ten of them. Deinonychus, Tobias had called them. Like wolves. They circled me like wolves. They were not big, certainly smaller than my grizzly bear morph, maybe ten feet from half grinning mouth to rigid tail. But they were dangerous. Even with my dim grizzly bear eyesight, I could see their bristling weapons. The scythe-clawed hands, the huge ripping talon, the razor-sharp teeth. I had weapons of my own, I had strength enough in my arms and shoulders to push over a Toyota. I had my own evil, ripping claws. I had teeth. But I was not fooled. I knew my only hope was that the Deinonychus would be discouraged by the fact that I was unknown prey. Maybe the pack could be scared off. Maybe they wouldn't like the smell of bear. I wondered if Tobias was safe, up in his tree. I hoped so. The leader, the Deinonychus with the shortened tail, Step to the front. I roared, and rose up erect to my impressive 7 plus feet. In my own time, there was no land predator as large or with as much raw power as a grizzly. But this was a whole different time, and a way, way different standard of large. I knew these Deinonychus shared an environment with Tyrannosaurus, and probably a dozen other very big, very dangerous lizards. And they thrived in that environment. How was I ever going to scare them? The leader cocked his head and listened to me roar. He looked directly at me, considering, wondering. Then two of them leaped. I bellowed. I swung my meathook claw with all my might. It was a lucky blow. I caught the closest Deinonychus across the neck. He collapsed. With no signal that I could see, they all backed away. The leader sniffed at me. He sniffed at his comrade, who was no longer moving. Intelligent eyes considered. This time, I heard a signal. It was almost the cheeping of a songbird. Neep. The Deinonychus pack circled around. It was so precise, so planned, almost rehearsed. They were not running away. They were not giving up. Instead, they were preparing a more concerted attack. They were prepared to take losses. That meant they would press the attack this time. Press the attack till I was down. Till I was food. But something wasn't right. I could see it in the leader's eyes. He was glaring hard at a Deinonychus that had just arrived. This new dinosaur stepped forward. He sniffed at me from a safe distance. Then, without warning, he leapt. A slash with his left foot claw ripped a two-foot-long slice in my chest. It hadn't cut deep into vital organs, but it hurt. I bellowed. But there was an even louder roar. The leader of the pack screamed at the impertinent new dinosaur. The new Deinonychus jumped back, away from me, and spun around to face the enraged pack leader. The two Deinonychus stood bristling, face to face. A challenge! That was it. The new Deinonychus had ignored the leader, he'd attacked on his own. And that was an attack on the leader's dominance. The leader hissed. It was a low, sinister sound. He stuck his tail straight back. The challenger raised his clawed hands, ready for battle. And it was only then that I spotted the twisted piece of fabric around the challenger's arm. Fabric torn from my own leotard and wrapped around Tobias' splint. Tobias! I cried. It was Tobias. It had to be. But he had ripped a hole in me. I realized what had happened. Tobias had somehow acquired this Dionychus' DNA and morphed him. But in doing so, he'd lost control. The Dionychus' instincts had pushed Tobias' mind aside and taken control. And now Tobias was in a showdown with the pack leader. A showdown to determine who would be boss. And who would be in charge of destroying me. Tobias and the leader circled each other slowly, warily. Tobias, listen to me. You've morphed a dinosaur. You've lost control. It happens sometimes. You need to... The pack leader leapt. He landed, deadly feet out, mouth snapping, right where Tobias had been a split second before. But Tobias had dodged left, then crouched low to get in under the leader's guard. (coughs) Chomp! The leader jumped back, shocked. A piece of his left flank was missing. Tobias circled again, tail stiff as a pole behind him. Now, the leader was more cautious. He waited for Tobias to make the first move. It wasn't a long wait. Tobias charged. With split-second timing, the other dinosaur were jumped up in the air. He met Tobias' face with his own wicked talons. Slash! (coughs) Tobias fell back. Blood gushed from a wound in his face. The pack leader pressed the attack. Tobias stumbled back in seeming panic. A cry of triumph came from the pack leader He leapt Too soon! Tobias was under him, ripping upward with his forepaws He jammed his claws into the other Deinonychus' chest The pack leader screamed and flailed But he could not tear Tobias' teeth away from him It was over Tobias stood up And he screeched a loud cry of challenge He looked at the rest of the pack. They looked at their fallen leader. Then they looked at Tobias. And one by one, like vanquished knights, offering their swords to their victor, they each lowered their noses to the ground in submission. Tobias turned. Turned to look at me. Tobias! It's me, Rachel! Listen to me! It's Rachel! I was using one paw to hold my own wound closed. The pain was intense, but the fear was greater. I saw the look in Tobias's eyes. Tobias, you are human! You are human! Get control of the morph! He advanced toward me. He was hungry. The others advanced just a step behind him. Tobias, listen to me! You are a human being! It's me, Rachel, your friend! You are human! You- No, I realized. No, that was wrong, wasn't it? Tobias, you were a hawk. You were a red-tailed hawk. Remember your wings? Remember flying? Flying high on the thermals? His deadly jaw was inches away. He stopped. He tilted his head. And suddenly, his entire body seemed to shudder. Rachel? He said. Chapter 18, Jake Down it came, like having the Goodyear blimp dropped on top of you, only much, much heavier. I couldn't see a thing, only feel the air rush aside as the beast fell. I rolled. (laughs) Whoop! (sighs) Ah! I cried. I was pinned. My legs were caught beneath the long-necked dinosaur's belly. Just my lower legs, and nothing had been broken but when I tried to move, I realized I was trapped. Jake! Cassie cried. Where are you? I wanted to tell her to shut up and save herself. Another part of me wanted to beg her to help me. I was shaking. Literally shaking. Like I had fever chills and I just couldn't stop them. Chomp! The huge head came down and ripped violently into the long-necked dinosaur. Chomp! The Tyrannosaurus was eating ravenously, just a couple of feet above my head. Then, I guess it jumped into something tough, because it yanked. And that yanking lifted the big dinosaur's weight off me for a second. I was out! I rolled. I jumped to my feet. Oof! <coughs> I went down. My legs had gone numb from being pinned. I could move them, but... Down it came! Flashing teeth all around me. No way out! I curled into a ball. Oh, God! I cried. The Tyrannosaurus's jaw closed around me. I clenched my arms and legs tight together. Still, those teeth cut grooves in my left shoulder. No room! The mouth was too narrow. I pushed my numb legs out before me, down the Tyrannosaurus's throat. I was in the Tyrannosaurus's mouth. No room to move. Stinking foul air. Sticky saliva all over me. A big tongue that tried to push the rest of me down the waiting, greedy throat. He closed his mouth and crushed the air out of my lungs. I grabbed that tongue. I locked my fingers on the rough, wet thing and focused with all that was left in my terrified, gibbering brain. I wasn't even sure I'd acquired the DNA when I started trying to morph. I was doing it all at once. I was acquiring and morphing and screaming in terror. But I began to grow. I couldn't be near those teeth when I grew. They would lacerate me. I wormed down the roaring Tyrannosaurus's throat. Down, away from the teeth. Its powerful throat muscles were pummeling my legs now. But I was morphing. The Tyrannosaurus realized something was wrong. It had swallowed the wrong thing. It coughed and gawked. Then, a massive surge of muscle spasm. And I was falling. Thump. I hit the soft side of the fallen long-necked dinosaur. I tried to grab on, but failed. My hands weren't my hands anymore. I rolled onto the ground at the Tyrannosaurus's feet. I was at his mercy. Utterly. But the big monster was not able to attack. Something had happened to its insides. I don't know if I ruptured something or what, but the tyrant lizard stomped three, four, five steps away and collapsed. It sat down on its tail, then fell over on its side, moaning. I lay there, gasping, not knowing what body I had, not caring. I was alive. I tried my mouth. No, I couldn't talk. I demorphed, then tried again. Cassie! Mirko! Axe! Jake! Cassie's voice cried in the darkness. It took a few seconds for us to find each other back at the glowing embers of the campfire. Cassie put her arms around me, slime and all, and hugged me. I was too shaky to return the hug, but it felt good. Is it dead? Marco asked. No, I said. But I think I heard it. It's on its side over there, I think. You know what we should do, Marco said grimly. We should all acquire that Tyrannosaurus. We need one alive to acquire. It's alive. Until we acquire a big rex, we're just going to get chased around till sooner or later we get eaten. I already did it, I said. But you're right. None of them were anxious to walk over and start touching that creature. Even moaning on its side, it was terrifying. We came up slowly, carefully, tentatively beneath the tail. We carried small torches to light our way. Marco was the first. He pressed his hand against the crocodile-like flesh. And then Ax, And lastly, Cassie. It was strange. Like, some kind of ritual. Three humans and an alien. All carrying torches that might as well have been cinders in the endless darkness. We cowered before the groaning, wheezing monster and touched it. It's so strange, Cassie said. We're humans in a time millions of years before the first humans In our time, Homo sapiens run the planet And this time, it's the Tyrannosaurus You always wonder who would have won If humans and dinosaurs had lived at the same time Who would have survived? They would have hunted us like cats hunt mice Marco said Primitive humans with sharp sticks and maybe a couple of torches? No contest Yes, but you are not just primitive humans, Axe said. You are primitive humans with intellect, morphing technology. Not for the first time, I wondered if Axe had developed a sense of humor. And then the adrenaline and lack of sleep and the physical beating all came together. My eyes closed all on their own, my legs buckled, I fell, and arms reached out to take me. Hello, Phantomorphs! Thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And I'd like to apologize to my friend Brittany, who sent me an ask last week, and I forgot to um, put it in the show. Or answer her. So hey, Brittany. Sorry about that. Here's your question. You said, I'm going to be patient to find out if they will, but it's killing me that they didn't acquire their T-Rex DNA. Can they acquire the DNA of something that's dead? I think they actually discuss it in this (laughs) In the last chapter of, of this segment I just released uh, with this end show notes, which is no, they cannot. I had the same thought and someone else told me it's, it's no. It has to be a living. That doesn't make a ton of sense because uh, they even say DNA is DNA. So theoretically, they should be able to absorb DNA from dead stuff. We've all seen Jurassic Park. We all know how it works. But uh, no, it has to be a living organism. Uh, but now they've got, they, now they've got their dinomorphs, So we're Gucci. Uh, I also got an email, uh, that email is audiomorphscast at gmail.com if you want to write in as well, from, uh, Jen. Jen writes in, I don't suppose you would consider posting some of the linoleum outtakes, would you? Or just any outtakes? Those are always fun. Uh, thank you for writing in, Jen. Uh, no, I didn't, uh, save any of my bloopers. I, I normally don't. I just delete them as I'm editing. Um, they're really not funny. I just sometimes speak words bad. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, linoleum, when I'm, when I'm speaking really fast, linoleum comes out like, uh, linoleum, something like that. Um, it's just me flubbing lines like that. Uh, it's not super funny, in my opinion. Um, but if, if more, (laughs) more people really want to hear, um, my bad outtakes, maybe I can whip something up one of these days. Uh, other than that, uh if if you want to be like generated, in I mentioned the email you can also do that on Tumblr like Brittany needed that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com you can also do it through my website theapodcalypse.com that's the apodcalypse like apocalypse but with a d in the middle uh if you use apple Podcasts and want to leave me a rating review I would read that and appreciate it if you want to tell me a friend I won't read that because you can't read people's friendships uh, but if you just want to tell someone about it that'd be cool too Um, alright I'm gonna get out of here enough of this see y'all next week my name is Daniel and I believe one day the end of life will come until then we fight